All right, everybody, welcome back to an all-new episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Hello, everybody. What a beautiful day we have in Munich today, as of this recording, at least. I can't speak for when it's released or when you're listening to this, but hey, (laughs) it's a nice day regardless. And I hope it's a nice day wherever you are in the world and whenever you're listening to this. If you're driving or listening at home or in your office or something, I hope you're having a really, really, really nice day. Uh, As promised, last week uh, was a nice big jumbo episode. Um... As you can probably tell by now, the Batman, Mr. Mobet, is not here. Surprise, surprise. Uh, But, you know, we keep making the promises. Hopefully he comes back. We had some scheduling issues. As of now, he is officially booked calendar-wise for next week. But let's see. Uh, (laughs) We don't know anymore. But hopefully hopefully it works out. Uh, Last week's episode, uh, I talked about going to the beach and how there were some a couple of stories from the Atlantic Ocean that were still left to tell, but the show was going on so long that I didn't want to take up um, so much more of the time. I didn't have like all day to do the um, to do the episode, but I will I will start things off with that. Um, basically, <laughs> we were all in uh, the Canary Islands, and there was this. Um, uh, area of the island you could access from the villa, the villa that we stayed in that was the, um, this black sand sort of volcanic rubble beach, which was very cool. Um, I'd never seen black sand before, and it has a really interesting soft um, texture to it, and it it's really, really nice. Um, and it's really strange, though, when you're washing it off uh, of your body. It, it, it just feels so clumpy and thick. I guess it's kind of just all sand, but something about this, this black mass of chunky stuff just flopping off of you, um, it feels uh, almost otherworldly, um, like you went to a different planet or something. Um, but we went to this beachy area, and there was a couple times where the ocean really showed old Jordan here what's what. Uh, it definitely proved to me that I am not uh, uh, you know, as my album title from 2021 uh, dictates, I'm not a strong swimmer. I am but a very simple swimmer, uh, and I'm not meant for deep ocean adventures, which is funny. I'm very drawn to the idea of, um, like, ocean exploration. Like, when I see videos of James Cameron or other, you know, underwater documentarian people going down in, in these submarines... And exploring, the, you know, these deep, dark depths of, like, the Mariana Trench and or, or, or people like uh, underwater filmmakers, you know, swimming with whales or swimming with dolphins or, like, the planet Earth people. That's fascinating to me. There, I mean, it's, it is something I'm very drawn to, perhaps because it's so otherworldly, maybe because it's so far away from uh, a reality that I can see myself being a part of, or maybe because it's so scary also. Sometimes, like, maybe that's why I'm also so drawn to horror movies and like scary like horror horror survival games or or these stories like I've talked about the podcast Radio Rental before uh, or my friend uh, Ben sent me a, another podcast called Otherworld recently that I checked out on Spotify uh, shout out to Ben Hoff and these kinds of shows are you know they're they're scary they're a little scary you know it's like tapping into something 
Uh, what if it's, you know, it's a threat? It's like, a, what if you're not so safe? What if there's something else out there, something bigger, something stronger, something you can't explain, something you can't understand? That feeling, that sensation is something I'm very, I'm very drawn to. Um, I think like one of the greatest movies to explore that feeling um, especially if you think about, I mean, just specifically aliens, but if you've never seen the Amy Adams movie Arrival, whoa, um, <laughs> that's a perfect example of like this really eerie, soft, mysterious questioning of like, what is the greater picture here? And it's really, really well made. But anyway, um, I'm drawn to the ocean, I'm drawn to these things, but still I'm I'm not fit for it at all. I'm really not a strong, uh, capable swimmer. <laughs> and this vacation reminded me of that very much. I mean, being in the pool, <laughs> they might as well just give me an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> okay, getting in the pool, no issue at all whatsoever. But yeah, the ocean's a different a different beast. And it's it's strong. The ocean is strong. It is scary for me, and it has a powerful, powerful... Uh, wave, and especially the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, this coastline, the Atlantic Ocean, it's, it's you know, brisk, refreshingly cold, but nice water. And it's got some gusto. It's got some strength. It's got a lot of power. And the first couple times that I got near the water, all I really wanted to do was just let it splash up on me, like stand where I'm still very much on the shore let the water come up, you know, over your ankles, maybe splashing up to your knees sometimes, especially when the tide is high. It's kind of fun to let it like kind of swoosh past you. You know, your shorts get a bit wet. You know, at one point, um, I think the first time I really wanted to get wet with ocean water, I let the high tide come in to a, like at a safe distance. Like it came up kind of high, but I could still hold my ground very easily. And when it, when the wave crashed through, and filled up the area I was standing in, I just immediately got like down. I kind of just like laid down on my back very quickly, just like boom, and stood right back up. And then I was like head to toe covered in this nice brisk water and it felt really refreshing, but I, I wasn't endangered and I wasn't nervous. And that was the best way that I did it. And that was the way I should have done it the rest of the trip. <laughs> but of course, on our very last day, uh, at this place. I, I had, you know, we'd been at the ocean several, several times uh, throughout this trip, and I had only really ever done that, like sort of stood in the, at the shoreline. And finally on the last day, um, <laughs> I am convinced, you know, I've been convinced to go try it. Like, yeah, let's try it. And I, I kept saying, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in far at all, because it's just, it's just kind of heavy, you know, but we, we were looking at the at the waves and thinking, well, it's you know, it's kind of calm right now. It was sort of the morning time. We thought maybe it's not going to be so intense. Uh, it's going to be kind of soft. And I thought, well, I'll just go a little in where I can, you know, <laughs> where I can stand on the, where I can still like kind of hold my ground. And wouldn't you know it, but I just stood at the wrong place and. I don't remember exactly how this one got me. I guess just like it would get anybody any other time. But I, like the thing is, the, the rule of thumb, which every German repeatedly told me a million times afterwards and everyone who can swim, 
the rule of thumb when getting into the ocean is that, yes, there will be waves coming in pretty much constantly. That's how it works. And to keep from getting sort of like rolled in the wave, getting kind of beaten by the wave, you have to like dive into it and under it. So if you imagine like curving your hand as if it's the wave, you kind of have to dive at the palm of your hand. Um, so it's like at the bottom of it, bottom middle of where that wave is, is coming up and sort of through it. So it's like there is no jumping up to float above it. You know, sometimes depending on the right height and the right timing, you can do that. But um, more or less, you know, if you're entering the ocean, this is the game. You have to, that, that's, the, the, the game is you have to do that, and that's the rules, and there is no cheating. There is no, like, alternative card you can draw. There's no Uno reverse on this. You have to do it. And so I just kind of wasn't paying attention. Maybe I stood in the wrong place. I don't remember. The first one, I don't remember if I was looking the right way or not or if I tried to jump to avoid it, but I just got, I got swooshed, and I had gotten some great advice uh, the day before, which was that the best thing you can remember, this really helped me a lot, and especially at the end of the story, you'll see why. The best advice I got about this whole thing about getting into the ocean and the possibility of getting flipped and swished around is um, to remember in that moment when you're being basically held underwater is that it will stop in just a few seconds. If you can keep calm it will stop in just a few seconds. And that really saved me. That really helped me out a lot. I got swept under very intensely, very awkwardly, and was flipped down. And there's a funny picture of me now. And it was the first time this was this was kind of funny after I calmed after a few seconds of like calming down. I got flipped. Hey. Jordan got, you know, we got chewed up and spit out by this ocean. Ha ha, he's okay. I had thick black sand as if I had like put on uh, a, a wig. Like I had this like thin black <laughs> low hairline like all the way back, <laughs> like a whole new, like a whole new wig or something. Um, and like black arm hair. I, I look, there's a funny picture of me. It looks a bit like... Uh, like I'm doing blackface or something in the olden times or like a Charlie Chaplin sketch or something. It just, it's insane. Because um, the black sand really, it's that coastline area where the tide is crashing is so dirty. It's like the sand really gets caught up, you know. So this beautiful like turquoise, dark green, blue water comes over and then crashes down. And then you just see this sort of like brownish, blackish water crashing up at your feet because the sand is just being, you know, spun around. So that area where I got swept into just covered me. And I had sand in my pockets and in my legs and my hair and everything. And, you know, there was a, it was funny and there were some pictures taken and everything was cool. And then the day went on. Um, I ended up going back to the shoreline and, you know, tr you know, uh, washing my face off and getting some of the sand out of my eyes and everything. And then, uh, you know, we dry, everything cooled off and dried down. We took a lunch break. Then later, when we were talking about soon maybe leaving the beach, it was like a little later in the afternoon, I was convinced one more time to just come check out the, check out the shoreline, which for me was no problem. I, I, the, despite having just been whipped and pushed down by the ocean, which 
again, sure, in the moment, is a little scary. Uh, I still, like I said, I'm drawn to the ocean. I, I, I would really, I would really hate to have an experience where I would never want to go back. I don't think that's possible, but who knows? Um, I have friends who are very, very afraid of, you know, the idea of, you know, a jellyfish or a shark or something, and that's totally understandable. But I, it would really, I would have to like be attacked, I think, to. Um, be hesitant of ever going back to the ocean. Even in this moment, I, I just, I just am, I just love it. Um, even though I'm, I'm not tan, I'm not fit, and I can't swim. So that's three strikes you're out for the old J-man when it comes to Ocean Town. But I got convinced to go back and check it out again. And the water looked very calm, foolishly calm, I might add, like a, like a trickster. Like the old, the old trickster he is, that ocean. And it was so calm, in fact, that kind of everybody I was standing with was convinced it was a good time. If I really wanted to get in just for a couple of seconds, just to get in, feel it out, where I can still touch ground with my feet, could dip my head under, get some sand out of my ears or something if I wanted... And of course, they, of course I did, stupidly. And talk about the worst timing in the history of the world, the worst timing on planet Earth. <laughs> I get in that water about waist deep, and pretty much immediately this first a wave that I could jump in, you know, a wave that isn't like crashing down, but is the beginning of what will be a, soon like a, a, a rampage of waves. Like this first like whoosh. I jumped in it and thought, oh no, I've got to go. And so I started to try and walk, swim towards the shore and already felt the water pulling through my legs back towards the ocean, meaning that there's about to come a big one. And I looked behind me, and this is what's funny is like I did not plan to really go underwater. I planned to stand about knee to waist deep, and then come back out. So I had a hat on, and I had my glasses, which I think I talked about in the last episode. My glasses had broken, so these were temporary glasses. I had gone to this town and gotten cheap, like thirty dollar replacement, thick black ugly glasses, and I <laughs> it was my only pair. So I'm there in the water with my glasses on and a, and a ball cap because it's blistering sun and I don't plan on like swimming, swimming underwater. And now there I am. And I'm, the water has, within like 10 seconds of standing in this water, I mean, this was really the worst timing. It was like immediately the ocean being like, hey, I thought I kicked you out of here, you know? And it, I look over, there's Ify. She's jumping into the into the wave. It's coming. It is starting to stand above me. It has this curved tip. It is like a classic textbook wave, like an ocean wave. And I, I'm so glad I did what I did here. I knew I was, I knew I was screwed. But somehow in, in those precious, precious seconds before that wave destroyed me, I took my I took off my glasses and I folded them in my in my left hand. So it was either like my life, <laughs> my hat or my glasses. I chose my glasses because <laughs> vision is very important to me. 
I took off my glasses very quickly, folded them like as if you were going to put them into a case. Like I folded them and I put it in my left hand and I tried to jump into the wave, but I did it like too late and too high, like too up into it. I should have gone like down. Of course, the Ger- the Germans reminded me of that several times, but I just, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm an amateur. So, I, you know, you have to fail and stuff. So I tried it. And this wave scared me. <laughs> this wave destroyed me. The first wave was like, whoa, that was, oh, it's in my nose. <laughs> oh, man, whoa, that was so intense. Wow. This one was, I hope I live. <laughs> this was really scary. It was really, really scary. Um, it held me down for much longer than the first one. I mean, in your mind, it's like a minute, right? But of course, it's not a minute. I think the first one held me down for probably two seconds, and this one held me down probably closer to five seconds, which in your mind is a lifetime, right? When you don't know when you're going to be allowed to surface, and you don't know how much air you took, and your eyes are sealed shut, and your nose is open, so you have sand and and salt water bursting through in your sinuses, and it's in your ears, and you just feel this the power of this like mighty ocean. And I'm a big guy, you know, I'm like 185 centimeters tall. I'm like six foot one, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, over a hundred kilograms. Like I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm like 200, whatever, 20, 30. I don't know anymore, but I'm a big guy. And this ocean was just flinging me around like a toy doll. Just, and yeah, I got rolled. Um, I don't remember how many times, once or twice. Just felt, you know, just it's so chaotic in the moment. And finally, what feels like finally, I can breathe. I the, the water lets me surface. Like <gasps> stand. My eyes are completely caked and covered. I'm panicking. Thankfully, my friend Johanna was there at the shore with her hand. I like Jordan. Jordan, come on here. Grab my hand. Grab my hand. And I like kind of just pulled myself out to the shore and grabbed her hand and she led me out to the dry part of the beach and I sat down and I was done. Like I was really in a panic and she brought me a towel uh, and then Ify came out. The hat was gone. We said like a farewell. Um, I, I like took the towel to my eyes and, and tried to catch my breath and cool down and everyone was like, okay, are you okay? We have a hope. That was such bad timing. Oh man, I'm oh, so, so sorry. Oh man. This one lady came by and she was like, did you lose your hat? And I was like, yeah, it was my payment. Like it was, <laughs> I had to, it was just my gift to the ocean. It's gone forever. And the funny thing was, we thought at first that she was going to swim out and get it because she jumped right in and swam right through the waves. You know, obviously someone who's done it their whole life. And uh, we thought, oh, that's very nice. She doesn't have to do that. She didn't. She didn't. She swam way past it and then went the other way. And I was like, I guess <laughs> she agrees that this is a gift to the ocean. So then, yeah, I mean, that was just like, that one was a little less funny because I was so not okay <laughs> from that one. And I remember I was, I told them, I was like, I need to go to the, to the outdoor shower by the pool at the villa. I need to wash this sand off of me and I need to, uh, calm down. And they're like, okay. So I walked back completely covered in sand and I felt it like in my shorts, you know, like I felt it in my everything, like all my crevices and pockets and under my armpits and in caked in my ears, like caked in it and in my nostrils. And it was just like, 
every, in my teeth, I was like crunching sand in my teeth. Uh, and finally just like took 20 minutes or something and just slowly washed off what ended up being like pounds of sand. Like these flowers, like plop, 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 just plops of sand coming out of my shorts and out of these little swimmers pockets and like my feet, everything. It was just so much sand. It was unbelievable. Finally, when that was all off of me and I had a whole new thing of clothes on, I was like, oh, okay. I'm okay. And I, then I finally calmed down. I had to, I think I had a beer and just like walked slowly back to the beach to meet everybody. And was like, wow, I really had like a little PTSD from that. Like I really was emotionally like that scared me. That was really scary. But here I am. Everything's fine. And the funny thing was later, what we all made fun of, like what helps me kind of get over it was... Uh, all the uh, the jokes about the fact that I did save my glasses. <laughs> like, I knew I might drown. I might die that day. But what I was not going to do, I was not going to lose my glasses. So I literally had them in my hand when I escaped from the ocean. Like, no, I will keep. And they kept. They kept. They were fine. And I still uh, use them. I still use them now as like my, my glasses uh, for bedtime and stuff. So uh, I can't believe that story. I, it's so... So my luck, you know, it's exactly the kind of story that would happen to me and does happen to me constantly. But uh, yeah, that's that trip was really funny. Like it was, it was really fun and relaxing and with good friends and a really nice, really nice memory. But then it was like I shattered my toe, which by the way, it's completely fine now. Um, still doesn't really have like a full toenail, but I can wear my shoes again and it's 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 not painful anymore or anything. Uh, and there was no infection, so that's good. But I just like, I annihilated my foot. I shattered my glasses. I almost drowned. It was just such a, such a shit show, uh, like for me physically those last couple of days. But, um, yeah, I think that, that was why at the very, very end of the trip, I was like, I think I'm, I think I just, I need to kind of be home. <laughs> like the very last day, all the traveling and everything, of course, it's a lot of travel. It's very exhausting. And then you get home and it's like, oh, I can rest my foot on my own sofa and like be in my own space where everything, my clothes have like my smell and like I know where I, you know, I have constant access to my own bathroom and it's just like, oh, I needed to like be home. And it was uh, a good, good restart that, that just those few days just getting back, I felt so refreshed and so happy and like, um, like a like beautiful, sunny Munich day and, uh. I had to wear Crocs uh, uh, out in the wild uh, for a few days because of my foot, but um, I, I kind of liked it, actually. It was very comfortable, and I, I, as long as I let go of caring about people thinking about it, then uh, it didn't really matter at all anymore. Uh, but yes, so there is the ocean story that I promised. Um, I have some cool updates, actually. I uh, Well, one thing is... Um, us and the friends from that vacation have some bets going on about the Oscar nominations. Um, and recently, I have to recommend, um, if you haven't seen it yet, um, most people probably won't know the filmmaker's name, Yorgos Lentimos. Yorgos Lentimos. Uh, but you will know the cast, of course. Uh, so for pe people like my mom, who, who you might know Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo. There is a, a new film that's up for a lot of Oscars this year called Poor Things, and it is so, 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 so good. <laughs> um, it's 
you know, the, this filmmaker has a history of his films being a little dry. Um, like he has a film called The Lobster with Colin Farrell, which is uh, pretty dry. But I, I love it. But it's because it has this language um, uh, of it has like the, its own way of it's like its own product. It's its own thing. There is not a lot of things like that in, for me. And uh, I like that. But what I really loved about this was that it did have a lot more humor and a lot more sweetness in it. And it was so twisted and wrong and weird and distorted and uh, like comically provocative. Like there was nothing that they showed that didn't have a reason or that didn't serve a joke or serve a, something to something with the character. And it was really funny. And I really, I really liked that. I really liked Poor Things. Um, and I recently saw Past Lives, which was also a beautiful, um, you know, we talked about it um, after, we, after we watched it, that it's very similar to like a Wong Kar Wai film. Um, I think I, did I say that wrong? Let me look at the spelling again. Um, what was the spelling for that? Sorry, I just want to make sure. I get... Yeah, Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was... Also, it is a beautiful, peaceful, calming romance. If you're looking for like a sweet romance that deals with, uh, you know, questions of, you know, like what if and like greater life decisions, meaning, fate, choice, um, it is a really nice film uh, for that. I did find it a little slow at times. Like I think it could have had a bit, a bit more of like, because humanity also has moments of humor and although the moments in the story, the story did deal with like some, some serious questions, um, I think there could have been a few more sort of light moments of recognizing the humor in um, humanity's faults, in a sense. But I'm 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 a sucker for that kind of thing. Um, I thought it was missing that, but still, if you're looking for a good romance with a, a good story uh, and great actors, watch Past Lives. It stars. Uh, Greta Lee, who's an actress I'm a big fan of, and John Magaro, whom I can talk a lot more about when a certain little movie that I worked on gets to be talked about, because uh, I, I met this gentleman, um, and now my friend Moritz, who wrote this great film that I got to work on, is buddies with him. <laughs> so basically, we're like Hollywood elites already, so... Roll out the red carpet. <laughs> um, yeah, Past Lives uh, was good. Poor Things, I loved it. Um, I still want to see that new um, film, The Holdovers. There's a lot more to see. We're going to watch... I saw Oppenheimer in the cinema, but it, it didn't really do it for me, so I have to give it a second chance. Um, watched uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Loved it. Absolutely loved that movie. Um, and then, yeah, there's Nyad with Annette Benning and Jodie Foster to watch. Um, a few more things. So, yeah, for the Oscar viewers this year, um, I'm curious what you guys think will win Best Picture. Um, I loved Barbie as well. Barbie was a really great movie. There's a lot of, a lot of difficult choices up for this year. A lot of things that will be, uh, competitive. But, um, I think, man, Emma Stone... She, she, I think she might really deserve Best Actress. It's a tough category this year, but for the film nerds out there, yeah, go see it. And 
you can, what was I going to say here? I was going to say we should do like a little fault, like a little listener base um, category thing about who we think will win. Um, maybe I'll set something like that up at the end. But for now, yeah, I'm excited for the Oscars. There's a lot of, we have a little bet going on who's going to win what. We have like a, a partial split on that of, well, here's what we think will win. Like we think just factually this has mo- mo- most the option to win. And then we have sort of a, this divided uh, other half of our minds, which is like, well, here's who we would love to win. This is what we think deserves to win. So usually usually there's always the split there. I have some pretty cool news too, some, uh, some separate news from that. So uh, last week I talked about um, this BR, this Bayerische Rundfunk Bavarian Broadcasting uh, special that was done uh, about the live show. Oh, yeah, right. Hold on. Let me put a little note down. Let me put this down. Sorry. Um, so I talked last week about the Bavarian Broadcasting Network's uh, piece on my live show and about my videos and, and the recent um, success with those things. And the host of that show, his name is Max, Maximilian, and he wrote me yesterday a very, very, very nice message. He said, hey, Jordan, my bosses asked me to send you this request. So the BR uh, is celebrating its 75th year of public broadcasting in Bavaria this year, and therefore is organizing multiple cultural events each week of that week all over Bavaria in the summer. Your show, my show, and um, this is his words, your show and our story on it has been received very well here at BR, and to further intensify this, we were wondering if it might be possible for you to do one of your shows here at the BR at the legendary Studio One on a Monday, maybe in June or July. Would you be open to this idea? The BR would invite its audience for this jubilee, it's a fun word, as part of the 75th birthday celebration. So be the th- somewhere in June, I think 3rd of June. Um, I've, I mean, I had a lot of questions about it. If it's, you know, how long is it? And um, do, they, do they want, you know, the, the exact show from the, you know, do they want, is it broadcast? Is it private? All these things. So I have some questions for sure, but I think that's very flattering. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm really impressed with BR. I mean, that's a weird way to say it, but like, I'm, I'm surprised that the BR is so, um, happy and so satisfied with this kind of, um, this kind of product that they, uh, put out. I mean, because you have to think about it, like the BR is, is an older broadcasting system. It's, you know, it's got its very strict German media rules for how it puts content out. It has rules for how it should look. And they know their audience that it's, you know, it's it's not like a flashy, you know, it's not like tweet us at blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a bit old school. It's still very much like a mainstream television network um, sort of company. It's like a media, this old school media company, um, public broadcasting for Germany. And it's interesting that they, 
would be, or, or that they are so excited or so happy with, um, first off, a, a comedian like me who, who really makes fun of Bavarians, like, a lot. <laughs> uh, someone like me who really just makes fun of Germans and specifically Bavarians every day for a living. That's kind of cool of them to be open to that. And second of all, that this piece was doing so well there because you never know how things are going to work at like an old school media company like this. I mean, I'm happy that the, I think the link in the, in the media library, I'm sure it's, I can check how many times it was clicked on my, uh, through my website or whatever, but I have no idea how many times it was watched or how well it did. So, I mean, I'm, I, I assumed that the internet link would do better than the TV viewership, but I, I never know. I, I never know how these things work. And there's still a lot of people in Germany who watch, you know, like, ba like not, not basic cable, but like, you know, but yeah, basic cable. Um, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm surprised that like, I'm happy with that. I'm, I, don't, I guess I just feel flustered, but that's cool. <laughs> I mean to say, after all of that absolute nonsense, that's cool. I'm very flattered. Uh, yeah, if the if the if the date works and um, I, I get a few things, I need to know if they want you know like a if they want like a whole hour, if they want exactly the same show that I did at the Milla. If they want, do I need to you know uh, I have some obviously ideas and things for new stories. Do I need to build like a new set? You know, I need to figure out these things before I can really confirm. But um, that's pretty cool, man. That's very cool. And connected to that live show, I got confirmation yesterday, finally, that my editor has the footage of the live show. Finally, after all this chaos, I, man, I tried everything to get this footage sent off to him. Like the whole trip, in the Canary Islands, I uploaded that footage so many times, and it, it it finally did work on Dropbox, but it just it was like corrupted or something somehow, so it still didn't work. And then I came back home where I have good internet, and it still didn't work. And then now I I literally had to package it in bubble wrap and mail it to Portugal where he is, and now he got it, and I got confirmation yesterday that the footage is up and it's online. And we made a plan about how to move forward. And uh, we're going to get some good content out very soon. Maybe even by the time of this release. That would be very, very, very cool. Um, so I hope that. I hope that's done very soon. Um, coming up next week is the Berlinale Film Festival uh, in Berlin. And I think for the first time ever, I can... I don't know that I can really attend it. I mean, I guess if I really wanted to go see some things around the city, I'd have to like pay the main ticket, but it's kind of expensive. But I think I'm just, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go into the city, to the festival area. And I mean, I'm going to combine it with things that are, that make sense. You know, I have a, um, I have my influencer agency is there so I can finally go to their offices and meet them and, um, you know, get a, you know, get a, um, what do you mean? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'll meet them. Yeah, you know, basically get an idea of them and see their offices and like sort of like see them face to face. And also this, um, you know, fingers crossed, Mateo Lane opening act 
agency that contacted me, they also want to meet at that weekend too. They're also based in Berlin. I would love to have something else too. I'd love to have like a concert that weekend just to combine all these things together. Uh, one of our friends has a birthday, so that's also going to happen. So it should be a really nice weekend of seeing people and, you know, getting th- getting things done. <laughs> getting things done in, Ber- in Berlin. Um, and last but certainly not least this week, um, I have finally confirmed with the producers of the comedy American comedy podcast where my mom's at um, hosted by uh, comedian Christina P I have finally confirmed with them the day and time of my recording with them so in March of this year next month oh my god I will be flying to Austin Texas for a day to meet Christina P, a comedian and wife of, I mean, my favorite comic, Tom Segura. I'm literally looking at his book in my studio right now. It's crazy. Um, I don't know if I'll get to meet him, but that would be really an honor. Um, I get to be on her show and, you know, spend an hour chatting and, you know, getting asked questions about, you know, living in Germany and, you know, the, the comedy videos and things like that that I've been doing over the past couple of years. And I think that's pretty crazy. Um, it's kind of surreal that that's finally booked. I mean, I, even the producer, like, you know, it's, it's not like I can really read his personality through a business email but I know his name because I've heard his voice on the show. So, you know, they call him by his last name, Zolo. But, you know, I'm writing to him like, Dear Joshua, because that's how he calls himself. So, like, I, <laughs> even this guy, I'm like, dude, I know you. I, I know your voice and I know, you know, I've been there. I've been listening to the show since, like, before he started working there. That's crazy. And now I know his name and I'm in like this, you know, DM conversation with Christina P herself, who has now invited me on her show and it's booked and that's just so cool. So fingers crossed for that, that everything works out with that. I've never been to Austin, Texas before. So what an amazing opportunity to go and see that city for myself. Um, it's like shout out to Christina P. Like, thank you for... Um, you probably never hear this because this podcast is so small, but thank you for, yeah, taking a chance. I mean, thanks for reaching out and uh, giving me the, um, giving, yeah, well, thanks for granting me, like, an, the chance to win over, you know, some some new people because your audience is, is, is very big and um, that really helps smaller comedians like me out and... I'm really glad you enjoy the stuff and I really appreciate the hospitality and um, helping someone else out. It's really nice. So I really appreciate that a lot. Um, so I look, really look forward to to being on the show and, and meeting her. And yeah, I think it should be a pretty, pretty cool year. <laughs> a lot of cool stuff coming up. Yeah, let's, so fingers crossed about Mateo Lane. Let's hope everything works out with Christina P. Hopefully the plane doesn't crash. <laughs> And, um, yeah, let's, 
let's just see where things let's just see where things go. Um, I gotta wrap things up here, guys. We have I have to do some phone calls here in a little bit. And I gotta do some preparation for that. But thank you so much for listening. You guys are always the best. Um, I basically have to take a huge break on the idea of recording these episodes on video still until I can just get a new computer. It really has just come down to that. Like my friend Ben has really, my friend, my friend Ben has really helped me. I got this great new product. This sort of, it's called a cam link. And this is, this is really supposed to help me simplify my camera podcast recording needs here. But the software in order to use this product doesn't run on my laptop because it's too old. And even though this old faithful laptop has been a good friend to me for many, many years, it might be time to say goodbye. It might be time to invest in a new, high-speed, strong, fresh <laughs> laptop. I think it has to be a laptop, too. It's, I mean, it would be great to have something for home and for on-the-go, but they're so expensive. So maybe just something I can for sure take on-the-go, at least. Um, yeah, and then... I think, uh, what, what did I want to say? I think um, video-wise, I'm just waiting on, so I'm, I'm waiting on feedback for some, you know, something with Etika, with Amazon, with Samsung, with Paulana, with Dr. Pepper. Um, I got a new brief with um, Levagon, which is this like language bootcamp thing that I've worked on, I've worked with before. So cool opportunities. Oh, and the tour. I should know really soon. I should know this week, I think, really, if the tour or what the outline for the tour looks like. I'm very, 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 very excited about that. And as soon as I know anything, as usual, you guys will be the first to know. All right. Sorry for the mumbling today. Sorry for the rambling. But that's what you get on Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, baby. If you had fun, there's all the links in the description. Go follow, subscribe, like, rating, comment, everything. It really, 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 really helps. I love you guys so much. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be back next time. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.